Hey, welcome to Diaries of Badass Bosses, the podcast series that takes a deep dive into the journeys of entrepreneurs and businesses who are shaking things up in their industry. I'm Penny. And I'm Tiggs. And in this series, we'll explore the stories of people who have defied the odds, taken risks, and forged their own paths to success. We'll hear from founders who have turned their ideas into thriving businesses, as well as CEOs who have transformed their organizations and taken them to new heights. So exciting. We're going to talk about what it means to be a badass boss, including the challenges, the rewards, and the importance of resilience and adaptability. We're going to hear their stories, insights, advice for anyone looking to make their mark in the world of business, no matter what size. Want a weekly dose of badass boss energy? Join us every Wednesday on all major podcasting platforms. See you there. Hi, and welcome to Diaries of Badass Bosses podcast. So today, I thought we'd take a moment to get to know my beautiful bestie and wonderful co-host... Tiggs Rice. Um, Obviously, I know her inside out. We do talk pretty much every day and work together. We're very lucky. Um, But for those of you that don't know her, my uh, challenge today is to really get under the skin of Tiggs, understand your journey, your business, where you've come from, where you're at and where you're going. Um, So for those of you that don't know, Uh, The wonderful Tiggs Rice is an empowerment photographer who's made her mission to empower people through photography. Um, Whilst I clearly know you, I want you, the listener, to know everything. So get comfy and settle in as I delve deep into the wonderful world of Tiggs Rice. You're known for your stunning images that capture the true essence of a person. So making them feel confident and empowered. You've been featured on BBC's Naked podcast, The Huffington Post, and you also have your own book. Wow. What a journey. (laughs) I mean, you've been in business for 13 years. Yeah. Gosh, it's gone so quickly. (laughs) So come on, tell us a little bit more about Tiggs and how you even became an empowerment photographer. Oh gosh, it's been a journey. Um, so my background is actually illustration, graphic design. So um, grew up, went through school, art was always part of the journey. So started with, you know, my GCSE art. And then when I went to college, it was graphics and fine art. And then uni came around and it was like, well, maybe I'll go the science route because actually my my dream at that point was to be a forensic anthropologist, but uh, I failed psychology. So uh, it was... Go go back a year and reset or go forward with the art. So I thought, well, you know, always move forward, keep going that way. And um, so, yes, yeah, so I went to university to do illustration. Um, about my third year, fell out of love with drawing. I just I just didn't have it in me to do it. So but I wasn't going to give up on my degree. So I thought, well, I'll pick up a camera and see how it goes. And I remember at the time saying, I never want to become a photographer because I'll have to work with people. <laughs> And here I am 13 years later uh, as an empowerment photographer. Um, But I just had a natural affinity for working with people. And at the time I was shooting um, in a cupboard, no windows, bed sheet, tungsten lamp. uh, So very, very yellow stuff. But people were having this amazing experience. And I will be 100% honest, my photography was not there at that time. I was very much relying on Photoshop to get me through. But it was the experience that people were being drawn back to. 
And so when I graduated, I started doing a lot more photography work just so that I could experiment and up my own skills. And I was applying for, you know, my 10 rejection letters a day, send them out, hope for the best. And one of the ones that I put through was for, um, it was it was to a PR company. Um, and just literally chance my luck, do you need a photographer for anything? And, you know, the standard, oh, we'll keep you on file, came back. And actually the next day they sent me an email saying, our photographer has fallen unwell. Is there any chance you could cover this event this evening? And it was London Burlesque Festival. So off I hopped, um, went along and I walked into that room and it was all the glitz, all the glamour. It was at Café de Paris in London. Oh, I remember. I have been there myself many a time. (laughs) I miss that venue. But um, it was uh, the, it's a ballroom that's modeled with the double the grand double staircase on the titanic so um it's this oh it's so glitzy and glamoury and big chandeliers and glitter and whatnot and all these people in this room wearing their most sequined fabulous dresses and it was just out of this world Mm. and i remember walking in going i found where i belong uh so managed to talk my way back in that was the press night which was the Tuesday and the event was running till Sunday talk my way in um and from that weekend picked up lots of work and 11 months later I was leaving my part-time like my part-time job to do this as a full-time career 11 months that's incredible I know it's yeah, yeah it was it was so it was speedy but I think when when the right opportunity finds you and you you run with it sometimes these things I don't know they just well it's the same with you really isn't it because you're you're less than a year into yours and high flying I think just when you find the right place where you belong yeah things move so quickly I mean you mentioned about the burlesque and the cabaret and that tell me a little bit more about that because that was obviously where you started how has it really influenced the way in which you actually work with people because I think there's quite a big factor to that isn't there yeah it was it was a real eye-opener for me because it was the first time that really I'd seen bodies of all shapes and sizes and genders and ages being celebrated for what they are. Like, mm. you know, I, I very much grew up um, with 90s, mag- you know, women's magazines or girls' magazines and um, very, very photoshopped bodies. You know, we were like Kate Moss um, at the time was like a very influential model and um, and heroin chic was the term that was used a lot around those times in I mean I didn't have a body like that like uh, I've <laughs> I am thick like I have legs for days I have a bum that doesn't quit uh, like it just <laughs> so true. It, it is just who I am and <laughs> so I'd never really seen my body represented and celebrated um, and this is before we got to like the Kim Kardashian stage where mm. it was like you know like this is a great thing and we'll all wear our sleeves to wear and show off that we've got great bums um and so seeing that represented and being able to go you know what my body has a place my body belongs on a stage to be um looked at and celebrated with joy with glitter and sparkle and like full adornment um and seeing other bodies as well like different to mine but also not in the media as well um to realize that these bodies had a place that Mm. everybody should be celebrated yeah and it taught me so much and it was what it was the key thing that I took away from that is that these these incredible superhumans taught me 
that that was possible. And I was like, right, I'm on a mission to bring this to as many people as I possibly can. Yeah. I mean, your work is described as empowering and confidence building. So how do you go about creating a safe, um, a safe and empowering space for clients when you do a photo shoot? I think it all stems is literally from that first contact. It's making sure that you are fully listening and seeing the person who is coming to you and engaging and, and listening to whatever issue it is that they are coming to you for. Because generally most of my clients are coming to me for a confidence boost or the opportunity to reconnect with their body. And whether that's because they've never had that connection with themselves or maybe they've been through a personal experience um something that's maybe knocked that from them um and it's trying to work out where they need that support to to grow into themselves and become become the most visible and the most authentic they can be so a lot of that is done before the shoot and supporting them on that journey to getting in front of the camera but then also on the set as well making sure that they know uh, that I know their boundaries and what their comfort zones are and and yeah just making sure that they feel like they're fully in control because mm. being on a shoot can be such a vulnerable experience oh yeah definitely like, <laughs> like you know and especially in the world of um boudoir um if you're taking your clothes off in front of a stranger you need to know that you're in a safe environment and that you know firstly the person is giving enthusiastic consent but equally at the same time knowing that they call the shots and if they say I don't feel this right now that the camera will be put down and that they have control over where all of their final images end up and all of these are conversations you know and like all of this consent stuff happens before the shoot even gets there so that when you turn up we don't have to have these because you already know what's going to happen yeah and you don't just do burlesque because that can sometimes be because you such a strong name in, yeah. in that boudoir industry you yeah. know you are known you are award-winning you've you've know you've spent long time building up your reputation oh. there but you actually empower anyone to get in yeah. front of the camera um so it started obviously started in the burlesque and then people started saying to me well i don't perform on stage would you photograph me and it's like absolutely we can do this for you and and then people started saying to me oh I love your boudoir work um but could you do this for me with my with my clothes on like absolutely we can totally do that and then over lockdown um I sort of went through this transition period where people were saying I love what you do with the people with their clothes on could you do that for me in a business sense as well and so the personal branding side Mm. came through and for a while and I mean still now because uh, I haven't finished my website uh, which I keep saying I'm going to do um, <laughs> but at the moment I have the the boudoir and the personal branding websites but it's dawned on me that actually I am an empowerment photography whether you've got your clothes on or clothes off whatever your pronouns are however you want to be seen it's my power to make you visible and show the world your why so yeah it really does encompass everything now and so I'm sort of pulling away from calling myself a boudoir photographer in in terms of empowerment instead because I just I don't think like I don't think there is a boundary on where it stops like if you want to be seen and show up however you choose to be seen however you want to be seen you should be allowed to do that I mean I've actually had the pleasure of being photographed by you Um, and one of the very first photo shoots when I was younger put me off 
having mm. photo shoots because actually he made me feel extremely uncomfortable and awkward and kept putting me in weird positions that just did not feel natural. And I came away with a real kind of just not enjoying or ever wanting to do a photo yeah. shoot. Um, but then I then worked with you and I have to say you made me feel extremely comfortable and felt like I could be my authentic self Mm. because there's so much more that goes into being a good photographer but the whole way in which you work with that person like tell us a bit more about that I mean it's everything it's down to the communication you have with the clients it's the way you hold yourself your posture the way you look at the back of a camera like as photographers you know we're always looking at dials and changing settings and all that. and it's stuff that we have to do as part of our job but if we're staring at the back of our camera and pulling faces and you know looking like oh my god what is that you know it, it's having that conversation and that constant dialogue with whoever's in front of your camera saying you know this is what I'm seeing like I'm just changing this or whatever so that you know that when I'm pulling a concentration face it's a setting thing not a you thing um <laughs> And also just like how the, the words that you use to reassure people, because it is such a vulnerable place to be, to be seen in in such a permanent way by something like someone else's eye. And just making sure that you're validating them uh, for the beauty that you see in, in front of you, um, which is honestly, it's such a privilege to be able to do that. Um, and it's making sure that that you make them aware that that is, you know, what you're seeing, because... You know, I, I've been in front of the camera many times myself. And so I know, I, I think that's part of what helps me have that relationship with my clients is being able to say, I know what it is to be you. I've been there. I've walked in your shoes. I know how uncomfortable it can feel. Um, and so I try and make sure I get in front of the camera as often as I can mm. so that that's always fresh in my memory. And what's some of the biggest challenges you've kind of faced in your career like, and how you overcome them? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, the most recent one, obviously, has been (laughs) COVID and lockdown uh, because I wasn't able to um, I wasn't able to work, like not being able to use makeup artists, not being able to work B to C. So um, that was that was it was devastating. I lost nine months of work in in about two weeks. Um, And oh, my God, it was soul destroying, honestly. Uh, Still still dealing with that a little bit now. Yeah. Um, But it really made me think about why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first couple of weeks I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like I can catch up with my to-do list, maybe get some sleep. It will be great. <laughs> um, and then three weeks went down the line. I'm like, oh, um, I might actually have to pull my finger out and kind of find a way to This work. isn't ending. <laughs> no, um, but what it did what it did really prove to me was that there was a real reason behind why I was showing up and doing this for my clients. Um, I, I, I crave deep, authentic communication with people. Um, and so being able to show up and do that, or in this case, it being taken away from me, it's like, no, this is my why. This is why I turn up and do what I do every day. And I need to find a way to make that happen for my clients still. Um, 
so I launched virtual boudoir shoots and ended up touring the world via my laptop. And I found a way to connect to people's DSLRs around the world. We could plug them into their laptops and I could control them remotely. So I worked in, I think it was about 21, 22 US states. Um, I had a client in Singapore, New Zealand, Australia, like, you know, literally the entire world suddenly became my oyster at a time when also the world was very much closing down because of Brexit. And suddenly we had all these, uh, you know, much smaller borders put on us in like pre-lockdown. I, you know, I'd spend weeks at a time touring Europe and I, I mean, I still miss it. I'd, I'd love to get back out there. But, you know, f- for for that moment in time, it was like, OK, if my why is being stopped by laws and regulations right now, how do I keep doing what I do? And as much as it was... <laughs> I really don't want to go through it again. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but it did really teach me that what I'm doing is the right path for me and reinforce the fact that I need to keep finding ways to keep showing up for people. And you're currently going through that rebrand, aren't you, to evolve the business. So yes. talk to me a little bit about that repositioning and, and why it's come about. Yeah, I think, again, it's sort of realising that I do more than just boudoir or I do more than just personal branding or I do more than just burlesque um uh, originally when I set out it was very much a case of I'm going to put my boudoir work over here because they have no clothes or like limited clothes and then my personal branding will be over here um but actually what I've realized is that people who want to feel empowered it affects all areas of their life so someone might come to me for a boudoir shoot because they want to show up more and work. So doing it in their lingerie means that they'll have more confidence when it comes to wearing clothes. And actually, it's the same clients. And, you know, sometimes they come from the personal branding and then go into boudoir because they feel more confident in the clothes and go and, you know, vice versa. And it just dawned on me that also you can't, I can't hide from who I am. I literally cannot hide from who I am. You put my name into Google. I mean, actually, the first image that comes up is me in my underwear. So, like, <laughs> you know, it. you cannot, I cannot hide from where I am and, like, who I am and where yeah. I'm going. And so there's no point in separating them out. There's no point in trying to to have different brands and hide under that. I am me. And we've had, like, so many conversations about that. And you obviously helped me go through my rebrand and then I'm just like, oh, Penny, I think I need a logo. And you're like, no, Tiggs, you are your brand. Um, and so it was a real shift for me from going, I'm going to hide behind a business name. Um, and in some cases, even behind my camera, because there was a period of time when I'd be turning up to shows and taking photographs, but I was a stranger in the dark behind a camera. So people didn't know my face. Mm. And I'd have people turn up for shoots with me going, oh, Tiggs, I thought you were a guy. And I'd be like, oh, why do you think that? And they were like, well, androgynous name, sure. Um, but we just assumed that you would be because of the way that you wow. take photos. And I was just like, okay, I need to start showing up for myself a bit more and be, and be there. So yeah, it's all about this rebrand is putting me at the front and showing up and being my most authentic self because if I want other people to do it I have to lead by example so yeah I mean you've already achieved so much in your career so what would you advise to any anyone wanting to get into the world of photography just 
do the work like just show up take the camera out go out approach people um i think the hardest thing with photography is finding people who will trust you to get in front of your camera at the very beginning um and sometimes that might mean you having to invest a little bit in your portfolio um to get out there but honestly when you find the people who will take that chance on you Mm. like it's really a great opportunity to go out and find who who you want to be what your creative style is going to be um I was very lucky that from that burlesque festival um I had a couple of the girls on the stage who said you know what like I'll support you um so I had a couple of models that turned up and we I got to shoot different things and try different lighting scenarios and another friend uh had just left her job in fashion who was like you know what I really want to try my luck at um hair and makeup and so it's like well you know let's work together you do hair and makeup I'll do the photos we'll obviously share a portfolio put them out into the world and the same you know the best performers needed their photos as well find a team go out there create see what sticks find out what brings you joy and then keep going the direction that brings you joy really yeah I mean I know every day is very different for you but <laughs> just give us a little insight into what a day in the life of Tiggs looks like oh, I don't even know if there is a <laughs> I don't think there is a day what I will say is that I am not an early morning person so I'm probably not that. up <laughs> I'm probably not up before 8 <laughs> 30 and we started recording at, um I think we were here at like Quarter past half past eight this morning. So uh, this morning was a struggle. Um, but yeah, so I get up, um, breakfast, <laughs> breakfast before anything. Um, and then if it's an admin day and I'm at home, it might be sort of emails and going through sort of like my admin to begin with. Um, and then, yeah, retouching like or call like client calls. I try and sort of keep all my client calls on like a couple of days a week. Um, and then on my creative days, it will be leave the house, go have an epic shoot, come back, put all the files in. Normally I'm working. I work quite late. <laughs> we were saying earlier, um, I like I sent you some questions for your podcast and I, I think I sent them at 2 a.m. Yep. Uh, and 2 a.m. Ladies and gentlemen, 2 a.m. Which is a very common time for me to be awake, weirdly. So um, and I was snoring my head off because I have two kids under four <laughs> and they are up at <laughs> five in the morning. So, yeah, yeah, it's not the one. Yeah, for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, thankfully, I don't have anything that gets me up unless the postman rings the doorbell. So, you know, when you get those deliveries that come at like seven, like on the dock, because you're the first one. Oh, I hate those. Um, but yeah, I, I try and separate my days out. So I have admin days and creative days because I just don't switch well between the two. So yeah. all of my admin is done in one go. Uh, Mondays and normally Wednesdays are like my admin days. Um, and then, yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays tend to be creative. Yeah. I mean, you did miss out the 25 calls from me that you receive a day. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But I can retouch during those, so you know, like I'm multitasking. <laughs> so what do you think is the biggest challenge you're facing right now in your industry? Oh, AI, I think, is the big one, um, yeah. especially with mid-journey, uh, which I, I have played around with. Um, I think there's some amazing stuff being Sorry, done. what's mid-journey? Mid-journey is um, it's AI-generated art. So you mm -hmm. can type in 
text prompts and it will create photos based off its sort of learned knowledge. Um, so there's some amazing, oh there's amazing gosh. stuff happening. And um, we're on mid journey five now. So it's only been kind of, it's been about a year, hasn't it? It's been very recent. Yeah. yeah I think we're about a year into mid journey and mid journey five now is creating like you can, if you have a good eye for it, you can see like the skin is too perfect. Fingers. Fingers. Oh yeah. Fingers are not great in photos. Um, so there are some telltale signs, but it's getting good enough now that I can see it becoming um, a tool that more businesses will use if they don't necessarily have the budget to right. to do photography. That said though, I do think that there will always be a place for photos, especially in a world now where we're also, I mean, there's an amazing uh, project at the moment called Honesty About Editing, and it's talking about sort of how we're seen and portrayed in the media and announcing when Photoshop has been done and or something has been manipulated. So I think we're going in this really weird split direction where AI art is becoming a real thing, um, but also we're pulling away from over manipulated artwork so it'll be really interesting to see how that splits mm, definitely i mean you've got multiple strings to your bow yes very talented yes. lady uh so you must have to be super on it with your own boundaries do you have any processes that kind of help you with that i'm definitely more on it than i than i used to be this <laughs> <laughs> is a new thing for me um yeah my uh my wonderful husband uh told me that i needed to get shout a, out to james hi james uh <laughs> he told me that i desperately needed to get a uh personal phone as well as my work phone mm-hmm. and uh I, she still hasn't given me that number by the way you do you called me on it the other day <laughs> although granted you do always call me on the business one um and uh yeah so we split those split those out and actually it was great because then my work phone I can I have that on like do not disturb from about six o'clock so um it might still be on me but I won't hear it ring for example and (laughs) I fought that so hard I think he was on on at me for about a year two years beforehand so uh shout out to James for uh pushing me in that direction um but yeah, I, I've definitely, I've had to work really hard on my boundaries because mm. I'm very much, um, I'm an empath. I'm, I'm, uh, and I think that comes with the nature of the job and, you know, I, I lean in hard to people's, um, people's situations. So it's very personal. Yeah. Really like, personal. It's like when you go to the hairdresser and like, you know, <laughs> and they're like, how are you? And you're like, oh yeah. my God, I work. You're a counselor. You're, exactly. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I, I make sure that I build time into my week. So if I have quite big shoot days or quite a lot on, I make sure that I have space in my week so that I can process those feelings or sort of like draw a line on them and sort of, you know, separate myself from it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm perfect. I really am not, but it, it's getting better. It's getting yeah. better. I mean, apart from obviously working with me, what else do you love about your job? <laughs> well, obviously you're at the top. <laughs> um, it's the people that I work with, honestly. Um, just being able to work with people from all different backgrounds and be part of their story, um, to ignite that spark in them and see that just one one moment in time which the amount of time I spend with someone in their life is very very insignificant in the grand scheme of things but you know I have been able to record and document 
people's bodies before they undergo major surgeries um, mm. or I've documented the process of them healing from major surgeries. So, you know, getting to be part of that or reclaiming their bodies after a traumatic sort of experience that they've had or maybe giving them the, the confidence for the first time to feel like they deserve to exist in photos and knowing that something as small as an hour with me can just be the spark that gives someone the confidence to go you know what I deserve to show up for myself this is who I am like there's no there's no better feeling Mm. and how do you know if a client is right for you do you have any business icks um uh (laughs) actually um I posted a TikTok about this earlier today. (laughs) Um, My biggest ick is when someone assumes that because I'm a boudoir or empowerment photographer that uh, they can call me up and assume that I will be a consenting participant in their uh, in their kink, for example. What? Uh, so this is why I don't have my phone number on my, on my website um, is because I'd get phone calls on a, on a probably weekly basis. Um, wow. And it, it's that it's that line of I'm here to support you, but I'm not here to be an active participant in, <laughs> in this. Um, and yeah, like I say, I, I'm very open-minded and I don't mind documenting things for you, but I, I don't want to be an active participant. So, <laughs> oh so yeah, that's Brilliant. one of the, and I'm sure a lot of other boudoir photographers will agree with me that, you know, unfortunately, I think sometimes that line is blurred um, and enthusiastic consent should always be a part of that. So yeah, it's those phone calls that are just like, you know, I almost like... I can't like I can't even describe it but you just know when from the initial phone call someone is trying to actively make you part of whatever sort of role play they're they're going with but saying that I would say that 95% of the clients like it's never an issue um it we're completely non-judgmental space like you can turn up and be your most authentic self and it's my privilege to be able to help you become that person Mm. um so yeah it's thankfully now that my number's not on the internet it's not (laughs) (laughs) it's no longer an issue um but yeah I think that's really my only ick that I've ever really really had yeah and when it comes to working for yourself what would you say is your non-negotiable career perk that you carve out for yourself uh six weeks in japan <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i'm seriously <laughs> yeah. um i i i guess the phrase work hard to play hard i do work really hard but it's important to me to have solid downtime and for me a week off doesn't cut it because i don't I don't chill out enough to actually enjoy it. And like, so I'll normally end up hardcore sleeping through the first week so that I can enjoy the second week. Um, So I've kind of now ended up in a pattern where probably every two years I'll have like a good sort of like four to six weeks off. Um, And it just gives me a chance to reset. So, yeah. Nice. And what's your biggest self-confidence tip? Oh, um... It's a very good question. Do the damn thing, I would say. I think we we get so caught up in what other people might think about what we might do and how how it might be perceived by others or whether we'll be judged for it. But 
at the end of the day, if you show up as your most authentic self and just do the thing. Do you. Do you. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Like, the end of the day, you're going to regret the things you didn't do more than the things you did. So yeah. do it. See what happens. Like, nice. Yeah. Nice. Now, you've been on the internet and social for a long time. So I decided to delve deep into uh, the the back history of your social channels. Uh, So I've got an internet search history question for you here. So going back to the 17th of December, 2017. Okay, so we've gone back far. We've gone back far. Okay, (laughs) yeah, I did. I scrolled. I really scrolled. On your Insta feed, you talk about the importance of body confidence and how preserving memories and creating images can be a game changer. How have you been able to create this for yourself and what impact has it had on your own self-confidence? Oh, it's been so impactful. Um, so I, as a teen, I was very much the girl with the camera. Like, I always had a camera on me. I love taking photos. But you could guarantee if there was a night out. Um, you know, there was always in like the late sort of thousand, like 2009, whatever. And there'd always be the photo dump at the end of the night. Like, it would have been my camera that like... <laughs> Granted, though, I never tagged anyone. So you never woke up with some dodginess on your Facebook profile that you had to untag. Um, But I was that person. So I grew up very much behind the camera. Although saying that, I mean, I did Amdram and, you know, I was on the stage. It just not necessarily, I didn't necessarily exist in photos. And I remember realizing sort of like early to mid 20s that there weren't photos of me. And if if I was to get famous or, you know, make it into the history books, there'd be no pictures of me. Like I didn't exist. Like I would exist in memories, but I wouldn't exist beyond that. So I started booking shoots um, and existing in photos and I didn't necessarily love all of them at the time they were taken, but I was like, I'm going to keep showing up and keep showing up. And I think sort of around the time that I hit 30, um, I really felt like I was like, I felt I, I could see the direction that I was going and starting to feel more confident about myself. And every time I got in front of the camera, I learned something else about myself. Um, and I think I hit I hit peak self-confidence uh, in around 2019, um, where, I don't know, like something hits you when you turn 30 as a woman. I don't know if you feel the same, but at 30, it was like, a switch was turned turned on inside of me where it's like the art of like just not giving a shit about what anyone thinks of you and I think there's another one at 35 and I'm sure there's another one at 40 there is one at 40 I can uh, confirm that but the the 30 (laughs) one was a big deal like it was like oh like okay well I'm just gonna show up and be more me and I had a great time exploring what that was and um and then the pandemic hit and um I posted about this recently actually I don't think self-confidence is linear because because we are an ever evolving form. And so around that time, um, I obviously the pandemic hit and then I've had all my problems with my wrist over the last couple of years and my body has changed and I couldn't do a lot of the things I love. So like boxing is one of those things I had to stop doing. I couldn't lift weights anymore. Uh, for a while I was in so much pain, like, like my work was an issue and I was having to have people do things like, I even put my bra on, I couldn't do that because my wrist was so bad. Um, and so I had the surgery in November 21, um, and I, it it was a real low point and like everything that I'd worked hard to become had been like, I, it hadn't been knocked out of me. I'd, I just 
put it in a cupboard somewhere in my mind and um it's the last like 18 months or so have been me refining that again and not necessarily because things have changed you know but I lost I lost that confidence in myself and and wanting to be visible and actually it was our shoot that we did in the lavender field Mm -hmm. last summer yeah and um I'd I'd only been out of surgery a couple of months and like I was still in heavy physio at that time and I just remember going I have to look in the mirror and just own what is looking back at me and I mean that version of me was equally beautiful I look at those photos and like I I just so connected to the person in those photos because I'm like she showed up for herself that day like and to me that's more important than any anything else like she showed up um and so the last couple of months I've been like I'm gonna keep showing up and I've been doing it not once a year like I used to but like every well at the moment it's every month um and just documenting myself and and showing that every single iteration of my body no matter the age the time, my size, which does fluctuate quite a lot. Like every single version of me is worthy of existing in photos. And actually I feel better now than I did then. And I I look completely different. Like, you know, I'm not leaning into my vintage styling as much. My body is a different shape um, because I haven't been able to work out. Like I don't have the definition that I had before, but I mean, this is fierce and I'm owning it. And you know, I think it's a, it's a really strong message to everyone out there that you don't have to you don't have to follow a linear path of self confidence. You will take knocks along the way, but every version of you is worth is worth celebrating. So, what is your why? Uh, deep human, authentic <laughs> connection. Um, it matters to me that when I leave this planet, there is a legacy of me behind. Of, and I want the story to be how how my presence like was part of their life how I made them feel I want people to have great memories of the time that they spent with me um and you know I would love it if someone wrote a history book and like or like document photos but that's all I want I want to leave this mark on the planet that I I made a change to someone no matter how small so yeah and if somebody was to leave £50,000 in your bank account tomorrow, what would you do with it? Could they do it today? That would be great. Um, I, do you know what I've always wanted to do? Um, I've always wanted to have a studio space, but not just like a one room space. I want something with like five or six rooms uh, because my other passion is interior design. <laughs> so I would like to do up the rooms um and so like they'd be on a rolling basis so there would be like different themed rooms that people could hire for meetings or photo shoots or workshops that kind of thing and do them on a rotating basis um and then hire that out to support community um to run workshops for other photographers um all kinds of things like just yeah to have property i just that would be amazing yeah so okay so your three lightning questions you ready hit me what is your best business accomplishment my book I reckon I'm so proud of that still uh yeah so striptease came out on my 10th business birthday so uh yeah first of December 2019 um and it's got 
a doc- it documents a decade worth of my work in the burlesque scene wow. and how um how much that how much I got from that experience but also it was a really great opportunity to give a voice to the people on the stage as well um so yeah and that won a bronze award in the independent publishing awards so yeah it's pride of place if you ever catch me on a zoom it's right above my head (laughs) and what is your favorite productivity hack oh um habit stacking so um I I I haven't been diagnosed, but I'm pretty certain I'm somewhere on the neurospicy scale. Um, and so sometimes I find it really hard to get things done, especially if I don't want to do them. Um, so I will stack things on top. So like, for example, like if I brush my teeth, uh, I make sure that I do my skincare at the same time. So the bottles are like right in front of my face while I'm brushing, like brushing my teeth kind of thing. Um, and exactly the same thing with uh, my business as well. So like if I'm doing a certain a certain activity so for example my emails I'll make sure like my like my finances and stuff like everything like things are linked so that they just <laughs> I just so you just have to like it's just the way my brain has to work um to just to get things done so yeah like it, it, I just have to like add things on top of things uh, so that they all get done <laughs> and what is one thing that the inter- internet doesn't know about you oh gosh I don't know I don't know. Uh, my God, I'm trying to think. Oh, my mum reminded me the other day that I once performed for the Queen. Oh, which I completely you've just forgotten. My Rod Stewart one now. What? Well, I don't remember it. I do not remember it. But apparently, I performed. I want to say it was at like Cotswold Stadium. I think I'll have to. I'll have to ask her. Um, or it could be. Uh, I, I've played I've actually played football on the Wembley Stadium pitch nice so yeah I do remember that one <laughs> I do remember that one I wore a red t-shirt that day um but yeah no uh, apparently I performed for the Queen I I, uh, I don't remember it at all like Ooh. I'll have to see if there's photo evidence because I know Connor's already going to start searching for this I'm sure <laughs> absolutely well actually after after your episode um Connor did actually find the footage of you <laughs> there is video evidence on YouTube <laughs> of you which i never knew existed so that is news to me so there's something i didn't know you say it's in 4k i said you've been caught in 4k Ah. (laughs) (laughs) my gosh well tell us then just to round us off what is the future what does the future look like for tig's rice well hopefully and i keep saying this my website is going to be launched uh i don't believe you because uh connor when did uh when did you when were we on your podcast uh about about a month and a half ago yeah so a month and a half that was meant to be your accountability it it was my accountability goal to get it done she's been caught out well i didn't realize that i had 50 pages on the (laughs) website there's a lot of landing pages that need some work so but we've got lots of audio evidence now of you saying that you're going to finish this website so now you really need to finish this website um so so yeah so that um i think that's one of the big the big goals um but yeah to keep pushing and growing and expanding and uh, making changes to as many people as i possibly can over the next couple of years and uh yeah let's see see where the future takes us and um, for anyone that's been inspired by you today how can they find you well if you uh search tigs- not on your website 
Yeah, if you search Tiggs Rice, uh, it's a very wonderfully unique name. Uh, you can find me on all the good social media channels. Um, but also, yeah, if you go to tiggsrice.com forward slash welcome, there is a link to literally my entire online life. Uh, so you can find everything from shoots to workshops to one-to-one mentoring for photographers. You name it, it's there. So uh, we'll put that in the uh, in the show notes. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you so much. It's been great getting to know you a little bit more, even though I have to say I do know you very well. Yeah, Um, we're going to have to be Google searching each other later for all these these clips there. (laughs) Exactly. Well, thank you so much. And thank you to the lovely Connor as well. Pleasure and privilege as always.